1: could
0: just be me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R, under seventeen not a minute without parents, only in theaters May seventeenth. Call cool
2: Zone Media.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about uh, the world falling apart and people putting it back together. Today, I'm lucky to be joined by Margaret Kilgore. She is the host of Live Like the World Is Dying, uh, the podcast What Feels Like the End Times. And we are going to talk about bug-out bags, aren't we, Margaret? Woo, bug-out bags, or go bags. Yes, or uh, I bet they have other names.
3: Okay, wait, can I tell you my favorite? Yeah, hit me. Uh, Okay, the first preppers I ever met were these, like, weird, cool anarchists 20 years ago. They had an oh-shit gear, or OSG, (laughs) stashed in their basement.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that's great. That's that's basically what you're talking about. Like, it's the the thing that you, you go for when things are going to shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... The reason we're talking about this, right, is A, because it's entertaining. It's always fun to engage in hypotheticals. B, because we've got Margaret here because she's very knowledgeable on this stuff. And, and that's what she covers on Live Like the World is Dying. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you should. It's very good. It's got lots of, of, of like sensible uh, preparedness focused content. Uh, is that a fair, fair summary, Margaret? I, I
3: hope so. Yeah, our whole thing is that we're basically trying to talk about community preparedness. I'm not the only host. I'm one of three hosts. Yes. Um, We try to talk about community preparedness rather than individual preparedness, or rather how the two are not at odds with each other, like how what's best for the individual is to be part of a functioning community, and how like the bunker mentality (laughs) will get you killed. So one of my favorite things in the world is talking shit on preparedness done wrong, and since most of the preparedness space skews at best center-right, but also far-right, there's lots of it done wrong that we can talk shit on. Like, for yeah. example, eh, eh, this is me setting yeah. you up for... Yeah,
1: yeah, bugger bags. There yeah. it is. Yeah, that's like a, a layup and a dunk. Uh, yeah. Me, a basketball understand it. We're to really you. good at it. Yeah, there's nothing that we like more than sports ball. Um, yeah. Okay, so the reason we're talking about this today is because I have spent a lot of time recently in refugee camps, helping out, uh, helping people, feeding people, giving them blankets, playing with their children, doing all the things. Um, and obviously, everyone who who enters these camps comes with a bag, right? They bring a bag with them. They can generally have one sort of carry-on sized bag when they enter custody. Um, and, and that's generally all you can carry when you're moving across the desert mountain ranges of uh, Baja California and, and Southern California. And I was spent the a day there, and it was cold, and it was wet, and it was miserable, and I was trying to keep people warm, and I was trying to build shelters all day. And uh, I was trying to just do things along with my friends. Obviously this is by no means a solo effort. It's a great group of people who you've all heard about if you listen to this podcast. Um we've been out there all day and then I got back and just because I hadn't, you know, had a difficult enough day, I logged on to twitter.com, uh, <laughs> x.com X because you uh, wanted your day to get worse. Yeah, exactly. I thought what can I do? Let's be pissed off at a fucking stranger on the internet who you don't care about and you've never met, but let them make you angry anyway. So yeah. that's what I, that's what I did. Uh I logged on and I loved on, promptly to be greeted by some prick with I guess not your fault, I suppose it shouldn't be a prick, whatever. Someone someone who hadn't quite like uh, someone whose idea of preparedness was heavily influenced by the film Red Dawn and not by reality. Uh, <laughs> and which is like ninety percent of the people in that space. Uh, but this person had, you know, this this kit with a with a gas mask, with a folding AR-15, right, with one of those law tactical folding things so you can, like, break the buffer tube with yeah. um, seven or eight magazines of ammunition. Like, uh, just, like, it just the sort of stuff that, yeah, sure, you would need to do, like, one sustained firefight and then, then what are you going to do? But, like, it just really struck me that the juxtaposition between these two things that... I have seen people have to quote-unquote bug out or oh shit or whatever. I myself have, have had to leave a place where I was and, and go to a, a refugee camp for a few days uh, a few years ago. And I've never seen a situation where a folding assault rifle would be that useful to me. And I have seen a lot of people who could really fucking use a sleeping bag or a warm yeah. coat or a toy for their child because their child is crying and they not bring any toys, you know? And... Lots of people don't have any preparedness stuff at all. That's that's fine. You know, We all start somewhere. But like, if you're going to do this, I want you to do it in a way that might be useful to you. And so that is why I have asked Margaret Kiljoy to come and help me explain. And the,
3: right. And the problem, of course, with this scenario that we discussed is that instead of having a folding AR, they should have a folding AK-47 because then there's no need to break a buffer... T-
1: that, that's now, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, no. And you can scavenge uh, ammunition from the Cubans. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're doing. Great. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, no. And although, actually, if I was going to fall deep into gun stuff and talk about how like <laughs> yeah. people who are obsessed with AK-47s while living in the United States are also not doing preparedness right because, yes, anyway. no, they're they not. Yeah,
1: yeah. And actually, AKs break all the time. I've personally seen that happen, yeah. and you cannot, in fact, not maintain them at all.
3: Yeah, and uh, there's more parts available for ARs, but the point. Is that most of the time you don't need firearms for most crises. Yes. Uh, many crises are made worse by having a firearm. And okay, so like a lot of your background is with refugee stuff and you've had to mm-hmm. you know escape to a refugee center and you mm-hmm. work in refugee situations all the time. One of my main backgrounds is that I lived out of a backpack for a long time when I was mm-hmm. a, a crust punk, right? I was a homeless hitchhiker who you know, hopped freight trains and slept under bridges and things like that. And I come from more of a position of privilege than a lot of people who do that. I chose to do it as part of an activism lifestyle and stuff, you know. And so I'm not trying to, like, get stolen valor here, but I spent a very long time living outside. And the people who live outside all the time who have only a backpack know what goes in the backpack really well. And you don't see homeless people with guns. And it's not because... They're not legally allowed to have them. People, I mean, well, that's part of it in some situations, right? It's, you know, when you don't have a safe place of storing something, it becomes a lot more complicated. But like, you're even talking about a group of people who often have to resort to violence to defend themselves and largely not using firearms to do it. Because in most situations, they're more trouble than they're worth because- Someone who's living outside is going to have to deal with cops all the time. Someone and this is what you were talking about when we when we were talking about getting ready for this episode. It's like, well, let's say you have your your a r and you approach the border,
1: yeah, you're getting engaged really fast <laughs> by like seventy five border patrol guys who have been training their whole life for this. Uh, not not saying that they're particularly like well trained or efficient, but like they they have been waiting for the one person with an assault rifle who they can fire at for a very long time,
3: yeah. And the only purpose of having a firearm is if it makes you and the people that you care about more likely to survive.
1: Yes, which it (laughs) isn't doesn't happen if the entire border patrol is shooting at you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad bad vibe. That's
3: a worse time. Yeah, no, it's like it's like I always carried a a legal knife. You know? Yeah. Like wherever I was, I'd have a legal length knife. And that was
1: Fine. You know, yeah. Yeah, look into knife laws though before you. Uh, before like uh, knife laws in America right. are almost as complicated as gun laws. And
3: uh, well, you live in California, you can't have a cane sword.
1: Yeah, that's right. But I can open carry a large machete on my belt as long as I don't attempt to conceal it. Oh. Yeah, or I mean, a sword, a regular sword. I used sword, to hitchhike
3: with a machete. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I d- like, there have been uh, times when I've been doing stuff with a machete. And yeah, exactly. Around. I needed it. I was going to yeah. go camping. I did yeah. actually once get a, I think it was a park ranger or someone. Like, I was coming in from free diving, And when you free dive, mm-hmm. you always have a knife because I've experienced this actually. When you dive and you get tangled in fishing nets mm-hmm. and you're, you're breath hold diving. You need situation. to get out yeah. so you don't yeah. die. Yeah. yeah, so you have a knife and you cut yourself out. The guy's like, yeah. oh, are you supposed to have that knife? And i was like, yes, yes, I'm supposed to have that knife. Uh, so, yeah, you can open carry a knife. It just depends on the county you're in in California, but in San Diego County.
3: Okay, so to talk about bug out bags, though. Yes. What we do want them for is going to be different person to person. And what I recommend that any preparedness-minded person or any person, I, I hope more people become preparedness-minded, mm-hmm is to think about the crises that could happen, that are likely, and think about what you would want and how you would deal with them. And my argument up front is that this can reduce anxiety if you do it right. If you fixate on these things forever, like a lot of people don't engage with preparedness because they don't want to be anxious about it. They don't want to think about a forest fire, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you, I've said this before, maybe even on this show, I'm not sure. It was like when I lived in a cabin really in the woods, like I currently live in a house in the woods, but there's like a little bit of buffer but I, mm-hmm. you know, built a 12 by 12 cabin and like in the, I, I cut down two small trees and built a cabin, right? Nice. And so I worried about forest fire. And so yes. I, I thought about what to do, which was mm. uh, make sure that I always had like, you know, some sort of radio and and or cell communication available to me. Uh, keep a bag ready with all the stuff I need. Keep, make sure that my car is half a tank of gas. And that's it. That's all I was going to yep. do to prepare. There's more you can do. That's all I was going to do. So I stopped worrying about forest fire. And so I think done right, a go bag or a bug out bag or preparedness in general can reduce our anxiety. And the thing that I think people get wrong is that for most people, moving over land by yourself and surviving in nature is not a likely response to crisis. Yes. Um, There are some times where that will be true. And even like you're talking about like working at, you know, the border where people are having to like build shelters and things like that. But for most people, I don't even say put a sleeping bag in your go bag because size might be more important than that. Yeah. Having other warm stuff and emergency blankets and things like that, I do absolutely advocate, you know. But then again, I often make sure that I have a sleeping bag around because I do live in the middle of the woods. And if my cars were broken and there was a bad thing, I would have to go overland 10 miles to get anywhere you
1: know yeah because your situation is not the same as everyone's and i think that's right but for
3: for most people i advocate that you think about your bug out bag as your get out of town for a weekend bag it is the you live in a hurricane area it is a a blizzard's coming it is your stalker ex is in town and you don't want to be around it is a i decided all of a sudden i'm going to go visit my family and i don't want to pack you know um it, it is just a it's you're more likely to spend a night in your car on the road somewhere like in a blizzard, let's say, you know. Yep. So what do you need to spend the night in the car, in your car in the snow? And the answer is not that much. You need water and you need warmth. Food is like great, right? Yeah, we can kind of I mean, you should have a little bit of snacks to so see why not have snacks around.
1: Yeah, and it's in a stressful situation, having something to eat, it helps, it calms you down, it helps you deal with that stress. Um,
3: yeah. But. And one of the other things that we were talking about is we were talking about how, mm-hmm. you know, okay, so like the basic level that I advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I advocate actually even more than having like your, your bug out bag is having a smaller pouch that is your emergency bag. And that goes into whatever other backpack or purse or anything else you're carrying around. And I actually, like, make these and distribute them to my friends and stuff. Um, Oh, here's a fun tip. If you're the prepper in your family or friend group, when it comes time to holiday presents, if you give them preparedness stuff, that has to be on top of whatever else you give them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because you can't just give them your weird niche stuff.
3: Yeah. Like... You have to give them what they want as well as the wind-up
1: radio, you know? Yeah, 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 that's fair, um, if uh, if sad. And I you, know. you can't just recycle gear that you wanted to try and didn't <laughs> like, and just give it to your aunt or something.
3: I mean, you can, you just also yeah, have to yeah. do other stuff. Yeah, you too. can, yeah.
1: You're, you're, just, you're just a bad, uh, bad niece or nephew or whatever, yeah. uh, non-binary child <laughs> so, of sibling.
3: So I say that these emergency kits are three different things. They're a hygiene kit. Because, like, mm-hmm. the thing that I need the most often when I'm suddenly didn't prepare and I'm suddenly somewhere and I'm staying out late is, like, a folding toothbrush, right? Yeah. Or, like, some wet wipes in a packet or, you know, I don't know, like, uh, nail clippers or something. Right? Yeah,
1: like, if you, like, I'm a person who used insulin, right? So, like, I have yeah. a lot of bags of insulin in and there. It's in most of my bags because uh, I'm up shit creek without it.
3: Yeah, it's better to have it, you know?
1: Yeah. And, um... I'm very lucky okay. to have access to insulin and even have some spare. Not everyone does. That's yeah. because pharmaceutical industry is terrible.
3: It is. Yeah, that's actually one of the hardest things when talking to people about preparedness. is like getting more yeah. of your medication is is very complicated. And a lot of the methods that
1: people sh- should consider are not legal and I'm not going to advocate them. It is legal to buy medicine, I think, for your own personal usage in countries that are not the United States when you're traveling there anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you want hygiene, you want a basic first
3: aid kit, like kind of on the like boo-boo kit level, right? Which is as if it's like not important, but actually like you just don't want, infections can get real bad. So you just yeah, want to make can. sure that you have the ability to clean a small wound and treat it, right? And uh, what is it? It's hygiene, it's medical, and then it's survival stuff. And for me, this is just like tiniest amounts of one of the cool things about preparedness is that the little first things you do are so much more likely to be useful than the complicated things later, right? Yeah. Like having a a bic lighter is so much more likely to be useful than mm-hmm. flint and steel and fire starter and
1: all of the <laughs> yeah. like, bells and whistles. Yeah, I do love my flint and steel, but you're right, it is uh, oh I, exponentially more useful. To, like yeah. I've been so like we, I've been at the border all week, right? People yeah. are cold. It's very windy. Uh, I have a flint steel in my truck. I have used that zero times. I have gone through an entire eight pack of big lighters. I've refilled my Zippo twice. <laughs> I've yeah. given away all my lighters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, yeah, when you're cold, in fact, you are not inclined to start shaving little pieces off a large metal rod.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, like, I keep little bits of fire starter and things like that in these emergency kits. Basically, anything that is, like, light and cheap and useful goes into these kits for me. You know? Yeah. But the yeah. stuff that I prioritize is stuff like the first lighter is more useful than the second one,
1: you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Margaret, do you know what's probably not light, certainly not cheap and and rarely useful? Gold? gold. That's right, yep, gold. You, you've nailed it. Right. Let's hear uh, about gold. All right. <laughs> We're back. Uh, that, that was an advertisement for something you don't need, but Margaret was about to pivot, I think, to telling you some more things that you do need. Uh, right. If you, so go ahead, Margaret. Okay. Hit so
3: tiny little emergency kit. You just mm-hmm. put it in everything, and it's just like, it's always useful. And it's like, everyone I give these to is always a little bit like, oh, thanks. And then about a year <laughs> later, they're like, oh, I was at this protest and someone cut themselves, or... Just some really minor, strange, random thing. They're like, it always comes up that it's really useful that I have this tiny little flashlight in a bag always. Oh, yeah. Love a tiny torch. And, and, okay, so there's that. And then if you want, you could have a a designated bug-out bag and you keep it in the front closet or you keep it under your bed or you keep it... Wherever is, like, kind of useful to you. Some people mm-hmm. might keep them in their vehicles. That really depends on where you live. I wouldn't necessarily advocate it in a lot of places because vehicles are more broken into. And also have more yeah. temperature fluctuations and things like Advil and, like, over-the-counter medications aren't, like, they don't do so great with, like, wild temperature um, fluctuations. Yes. Okay, so you get yourself a bag. And what kind of bag really depends on what you're talking about? Like, we, we were showing
1: each other our bags yeah. beforehand that's, yeah that's what this is a, a little insight into our interactions off mic there
3: yeah and uh and i'll describe mine and you describe yours
1: i'll and okay let's and I'll, I'll
3: describe mine you describe yours and then say why you have it and then i'll say why i have mine okay you okay. go first uh i basically have like a regular day pack computer bag it just a uh, there's no waist belt it just it's, it's designed to hold a laptop
1: that's my bug out bag mm-hmm. what i have is a Mystery Ranch day Pack. It's a thirty-two liter bag. Uh, it's called a Scree thirty-two for those of you who want to be just like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have it because I really like the um, the carriage system Mystery Ranch uses. It's just like a yoke, uh, so it, it carries like a frame backpack, but it isn't big and bulky. Yeah, and that's cool. I'll, I've used it. Like I think I've used this bag on every continent in the world apart from the Antarctic. Like it's just a bag that I can put stuff in that is a size that is not obnoxious and. It works for me for almost everything i day hike with it i i go on overnights with it i use it as my carry-on on the plane uh yeah it's just a, a useful bag that is not covered in molly and, and multicam and such things yeah and i know it works for me like i I've, I've used it for a long time and i know that it's suitable for my body with heavyweights
3: yeah no and like i love I love bags and I I will happily geek out about bags and like that bag is a me too. It's pretty nice. And this is like my least favorite backpack, right? Mm-hmm. I have like other backpacks like my day hiking bag is like a 25 liter, you know, actually has a waist strap yeah. and I like really like it. But I keep it packed with my day hiking stuff, yep. you know? And so you do a lot of outdoor sports. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it really easily doubles as all of
1: that, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Like I'm, you know, most weekends, you know, I, I try and sleep outside at least once a month. So, yeah, like, you know, I would just sort of have that stuff anyway because it's part of my day to day life. And mine is designed
3: from the period of my life where I basically would go to whatever anarchist coffee shop was in whatever town and just hang out there and work all day, right? Yeah. And so, like, and I was like, and I used to have a bug out bag that was like a little bit bigger. It was like a tactical bag. It was a three day assault pack, you know? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, perfect. And and to be fair, I lived in a cabin in the woods and it was 2020 mm-hmm. and the odds of <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. major
3: <laughs> military crisis were much higher. Um, yeah. And, you know, but like, but right now I'm just like, this is my bag that comes with me when I go to my friend's house or when I go see my yeah. family. And because it's the important thing is that you have the bag that is available. Like it, the The piece of gear that you have is always better than the piece of gear you don't have.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't and, have to save up 200 bucks for, a, a you know, a mystery round or an Osprey bag or whatever.
3: Right. But if your thing is being outside all the time, like, you know, you should have those things, right? Yeah. And, okay, so what I put in my, the, everyone's going to have really different stuff in their bug out bag, but some of the, the a list that I, I have as my, like, kind of, like, core of it that -hmm. i would recommend that most people would want to have some version of and you should add things and we could talk about these things yeah your passport and print copies of any essential records such as your animal's rabies vaccine card uh and medication and things like that um this is the stuff to help you ease bureaucracy as you move through the world uh this is actually a thing you need to be careful with because then sometimes you don't want to bring your passport everywhere you go right you don't want to lose it you know um but if it's your bug-out bag that's waiting for you in case of an emergency, I think that's a decent place to keep it. Yes, I agree. Um, you want an encrypted USB stick with copies of all these important documents, uh, such as your driver's license, your passport, house and vehicle titles or rental agreements, insurance information, contact information for family and friends, vaccination records for your animals, and the like. It clearly shows that I have um, uh, an animal and not kids. I'm sure there's other stuff that you would...
1: <laughs> yeah, have. I mean, I this is just making me think of... I ran into a, a guy the other day who had come to the us with his dog mm-hmm. border patrol wouldn't process him alongside his dog so volunteers kindly looked after his dog while he was processed and then oh, returned good. his dog to him yeah but now he's going to have to go through the process of certifying the dog's vaccinations maybe the dog will have to get them again yeah. uh, luckily like he and the dog are on a road trip to their final home where the place where they want to live where they're meeting up with friends and family so that they're having a great trip Across the country right now, Good. but like, yeah, yeah, that just having easing that transition through bureaucracy by having those documents to hand, I'm sure would have been great,
3: yeah. And like, honestly, the more I read about uh people dealing with um refugee crises and like, oh, I don't know, the right to return various places, <laughs> the, the more you can prove like the ownership of the stuff you own and things like that, yes, um,
1: yeah, it, it can be, be very easy to um to become like. I understand that lots of this bureaucracy exists to make people legible and therefore taxable by the state, right? If we're talking Mm -hmm. from an anarchist perspective, I understand why it exists. I've been reading James Scott a lot recently. If that hasn't (laughs) shown off there, Uh, but um, I, in 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 a scenario where the state exists, which is the one we are in, then there are advantages to being legible and understandable by the state, and uh, certain disadvantages to being illegible to the state when you're trying to get your house back.
3: And even like again, my my time. As a, as a crusty traveler in my, my 20s mm-hmm. and into my 30s, uh, the single most useful thing that I carried was my driver's license without warrants because I used to have my ID run every single day. Because actually, yeah. it's actually part of the reason I have a strange aversion to carrying a hiking-style backpack around often is because I learned when you look like a punk and you have a travel, like a hiking backpack, you are now the cop's main target. Um,
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like,
3: whereas when I have like a computer bag, I'm not the cop's main target and that makes my life easier, you know? Um, Okay. Small amounts of emergency food, such as protein bars that you want to like swap out every couple of months. I recommend putting in the ones that you don't like um, because otherwise you'll eat them because otherwise you'll be like,
1: oh, I could go. (laughs) I know where I (laughs) have a tasty snack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is, Sorry, just before we recorded, I ate a bar from this bag that I've been showing you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a product called a humanitarian daily ration, which is a a vegan MRA that they give to refugees. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, those are great. Uh, Everyone can eat them. Yeah. Uh, They're very good to have. And I have those for emergency food because if one can eat them, rarely do I feel like I want to eat them. So.
3: Yeah. yeah, I've been recently keeping, I haven't eaten one yet. I've been keeping these flavorless emergency ration bars.
1: Oh, like the lifeboat rations.
3: Yeah, they're just like, I think, like oil and sugar and flour or something. Oh,
1: sounds delicious. Oh, yeah,
3: and it's like, you know what? It's three days worth of food at 1,200 calories a day. It's barely yeah. three days, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I recommend having that and, you know, it, making sure to, to swap that out. Uh, overall, I advocate not putting in things that will go bad because you are going to forget about this until it becomes a mm-hmm. habit for you to check it every month or so. Okay, um, a travel hygiene kit with toothbrush, floss, toothpaste, moist towelettes, foam earplugs for sleeping in noisy environments. That one is like King. way more.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I um, and it, a time in my life when I was uh, mostly living in my car, traveling around France, racing bicycles. Uh, mm-hmm. I got caught in a snowstorm, uh, along with a number of other people who were traveling in various vehicles, and some of them were traveling in order to to uh, make an asylum claim, um, and we all got sent to this refugee camp where basically we're sleeping on the floor of a large building. And I did yeah. not sleep for days because people yeah. had children and, you know, it's loud and like, yeah, those earplugs would have been the most important thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I actually started carrying them just because of going to shows when I used to do that more. And then yeah. I was like, oh, these are really useful in all kinds of situations. They cost like nothing and they yeah. save your hearing. They're, the, the bang You're- for your buck, the the non-bang for your buck is, yeah. is very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the poof for um, your
1: buck is great.
3: Uh, nail clippers, your daily wear, makeup, and anything else you might need goes in your hygiene kit. Mm-hmm. Any prescription or over-the-counter medications that you rely on. And one thing that came up from a, a doctor friend of mine recommended, when I was first started making these kits for my friends, I was like buying bulk aspirin and putting it into little drug baggies, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. smart. And... My friend was like, "You need to put blister packs in instead. Blister packs being the like little, yeah, individually like when you...
1: individually yes, labeled when... ones." Yeah. <laughs> Both Margaret and I are using yeah. hand gestures. Yeah, to, to explain this podcast. thing. Yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're professionals. Yeah, <laughs> because the police have less cause for suspicion if you are searched, mm-hmm. and this is clearly Advil. It says so. Yeah. It is packaged um, in a way that is not convenient for people to make their own packages. Excellent um, idea. Yeah. And so, and actually, what's funny is that of all the ones that I put into people's things, the only thing I haven't been able to get blister packed is caffeine. Um, because I put caffeine into these things because a lot of people are addicted to it and also because it's useful to be able to stay awake in certain environments. Mm-hmm. And so I actually put in like different, mm, like caffeine powder drinks or uh, caffeine gum or other things yes. like that.
1: Yeah, it's going to say get MRE caffeine gum.
3: Yeah. And then also, um, and I give them to like my friends who are about to drive sleepy. Is like, yes, and that's the main use that I have had. It's amazing. I don't drink caffeine. It's amazing how much caffeine I have on me at any given time.
1: <laughs> Lethal dose.:
3: Yeah. Uh, a change of socks and underwear, and these should be like climate-appropriate, especially like wool mm-hmm. socks are like the most useful thing in the world, just as a general rule. I think that a packable rain jacket and/ or poncho is incredibly useful here. Uh, a lot of people like the ponchos that are sort of a slightly more military style because you can use them as a tarp and make a shelter if you need. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be overkill for your particular environment. Um, you might also just have like your hiking rain jacket that goes in there. Yeah. A puffy, packable, warm top is a little bit of a like bonus item. It's I think having a warm upper layer is really important for a lot of yeah. – it's – until you've slept outside without a sleeping bag, you have no idea how cold it is in the summer to sleep outside.
1: Yeah, um, on the ground, especially.
3: Whenever I'm watching movies or reading books and like the kid runs away from home or they're like on the and they go and they sleep in the woods, I'm like, the fuck
1: they did. They did <laughs> yeah, not
3: sleep that night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You lie on your side holding yourself, wondering why you made these choices in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might add that if you're going to have a specific like uh, puffy jacket for this and you don't own a puffy jacket yet, a couple mm-hmm. of things to consider are that um, generally compressing down will help make it lose some of its loft, so it will be less lofty. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to keep that stuff compressed for a very long time uh, or super compressed, right? Don't cram it into the smallest ball. Uh, remember that when you buy down jackets, all the baffles, which are the sewing lines across it, um, like those are areas that are not insulated, right? So you don't actually want the ones with the, with the hundred little baffles going down them. Oh, you know, interesting. Like that. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then synthetic uh, insulation does a lot better with, um, with, with, cu- with wetness. It, it retains yeah. some of its insulating properties. And uh, my final thing with down jackets, I think a lot about down jackets. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is get one that is a size bigger than you would normally get for like. Oh yeah. Toms. Because you don't really want to be taking stuff off when you're cold. You want a jacket that you can just put on over all your stuff. Um, we call it a belay parka in the, in, the, in the sort of mountaineering community, but it's like a static thing, right? So you're hiking, you're mountain climbing, you stop, you immediately check that thing on over everything that keeps you warm until you start moving again.
3: That makes sense to me. I advocate personally, I advocate <laughs> for synthetic. I advocate because it's cheaper. <laughs> yes. You can leave it compressed. And because it insulates better in the wet and it is much heavier for its and larger for its insulating Mm -hmm. value. But for me, like having spent a lot of my life like sleeping in sleeping bags with no tarp or whatever and just being like, I'll just fucking deal with it. It's not raining that hard, you know,
1: like. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I (laughs) I have fucked some really expensive down sleeping bags, Uh, even the oil on your skin will actually eventually cause that that down to clump. Yeah, like that you really have to baby some ultralight down stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Like if I'm mountaineering and I'm doing something yeah. like that, I will baby my bag because I don't yeah. want to carry extra shit. But this is not that.
3: Exactly. Like if you are trying to do a through hike, you might look at this very differently. And there's a mm-hmm. version of the world where your crisis might involve moving over the mountains in winter to get out of uh, a country that has just elected a fascist who says that he wants to kill all the communists or whatever. Yeah. I- I've you spoken
1: know? to those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know. And so like in that situation, get the mountaineering shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, other stuff to have in this bag. A heavy-duty trash bag, you can put all your stuff in it to keep it dry. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's like all these like arguments about how to keep your bag dry. And overall, and I'm curious if this has been your experience, um, It people have been moving away from like pack covers where you cover the pack mm-hmm. and instead just put everything inside the pack into something that's waterproof.
1: Yeah, that's what I've done for a very long time. Uh you can spend a lot of money on stuff sacks. Uh like the, the event ones at see to summit make a cool because they have a mm-hmm. one-way breathable fabric. So you squeeze them and the air goes oh, that out.
3: Rules it yeah. doesn't go
1: back in. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh but then you end up with these really hard bricks of clothing or whatever that like you can't kind of make them fill the space, right? They just end up being like solid. So sometimes they don't pack as well. Yeah. I have used three millimeter uh contract grade bin bags for years. in the mountains and the deserts. You can sleep in them. You can make them into a poncho. You can fill them with brush and make them into a sleeping pad. Yeah, Uh, yeah, great items.
3: And it's sketchy, but a lot of people um, who are stuck living outside in very cold environments will wear them close to their skin for like a really intensely heating, insulating layer. Mm -hmm. But it's sketchy because then you sweat like hell and you can freeze to death. You have to be really careful with that. That's some like... That's some life or death shit. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not telling you how to do
1: that on air here. You know? Yeah, good, cool. But yeah, they have a lot of uses. You give them to, to gather water too. I've done that before. Oh, that makes sense. Cash. Cash is really
3: useful. Mm-hmm. The amount of cash you want to carry has to do with mm-hmm. the amount of cash that you're willing to put into a bag that just sits there for it does nothing. You know, Yeah. Um, or gold, of course. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have so many thoughts about... <laughs> Golden ammo yeah, and, no, and things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's beside the point. That's for home prepping. Okay, you want a spare USB battery and charging cables. I yep. I would advocate a, an octopus cable that has like mini USB C and lightning charger all on one cable, so you don't have to keep track of multiple cables for multiple devices.
1: Yeah, that guy right here. Uh, I'm trying to look what the brand is of mine because I got one. Okay. Uh, recently. When I'm working in places that are conflict zones, especially places where I think I might have to go, like peace out to a bomb shelter for a few hours, days, whatever, um, I, I like to have a little pouch with, yeah, all my charging and, and medical and essential stuff. Yeah, uh, this is called a lever cable, and I found it to be very handy. Okay. because it's like stiff and it doesn't. Cables get twisted and frayed a lot. I like oh, this nice. Guy, okay, doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Little buzz marketing for you there. Yeah.
3: No, I'm going to look into those later. Because I, I mm-hmm. as much as I'm like, oh, fuck all the gadgets. No, what I'm trying to say is you don't need all the gadgets, but they're kind of cool. No. And like, and the size of extra battery you have is depending on what you're doing, you know, like if you're reasonably sure you're going to be around power, just have a little one. And because like, you know what, you're going to be the one who saves the night when everyone's drunk at the bar and someone's phone is dead and they're the only person who has Uber set up right. And, you know, yeah, um, yeah, like. I've been trying to advocate that purse snacks are the best example of prepping and that everything that like men are trying wow. to do is like catching up <laughs> with the fact that like women are actually yeah. culturally in in our society like better at prepping. Um yeah. But okay, uh I put a Mylar emergency blanket in. These are mm-hmm. these like you know, they seem almost gimmicky. They're these incredibly light little plastic tarps, right? Uh one yeah probably saved my life when i was thir- like on my like 12th or 13th birthday when i like woke up getting hypothermia five miles from the
1: road in a wet
3: tent so i'm just like yeah
1: no eyes are great <laughs> like yeah they're great they uh they can do a hypothermia wrap with them you Can use them for signaling if you're in a different kind of situation uh we can't use them in the refugee camps where i'm working because one of them floated into a transformer uh and and that Oh wow! That yeah. So yeah, yeah that's your uh, that's your caveat there. Don't yeah. use them around high voltage power. But yeah, those things you're not going to get anything warmer for that size. It's the size of a couple of credit cards stacked on top of each other.
3: Yeah, totally. And mm. like in mine, I have like a slightly nicer one because I don't have a sleeping bag in mine. I have like a emergency yeah. bag sleeping bag. I've never used it.
1: I don't. Oh yeah, the know. um, the, like, there's a company called Survive Outdoors. Like, fuck, I'm saying a lot of companies today. Buy whichever shit you want. I don't care. There's a company <laughs> called Survive Outdoors Longer that makes one that's like about the size of a uh, a beer can. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what I, know, I think mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Those are great. Yeah, i, great. I fucked up at spent night one of those when I was doing like the uh, like look how ultralight I can be stuff. It's not great. But like,
3: but here you are recording. Yeah, a podcast, here I am, not complete dead. Complete
1: with my full set of digits. So, like, I can't yeah. really complain, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. And those things won't float off into a power transformer. They're a bit heavier. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be, yeah, it would be an advantage of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's orange on the other of... side. So, again, people will see you, right? Which, contrary mm-hmm. to what you might have seen on YouTube, you want people to see you most of the time. Most crises right. you're going to encounter, you're not going to be hiding.
3: Right. Sometimes when you're, like, hitchhiking and shit, you do have to not be seen. And then I get really annoyed how bright all the tents are. And so I kind of want one of the, like, new bullshit camo ultralight tents. But that's – I don't hitchhike. I have a fucking truck. It's bullshit. I'm fine. (laughs) A full water bottle. I think it's always worth having a full water bottle in your your bag. This is the heaviest Mm -hmm. thing in your bag. Um, Water is just fucking wonderful. And you need way more of it than you think you do when you're exerting Mm -hmm. yourself. I have been historically advocating a single wall steel canteen so that the water can be boiled in an emergency directly in it. Um, yeah. but a lot of people have a preference for lighter weight and that makes a lot of sense and also even having something that just looks a little bit more civilian also makes a lot of sense. The ultralight yeah. I actually think the ultralighters might be right on this one and they use the to use a brand name. They all get those smart waters but then they don't keep drinking smart water. They drink one and then they clean it and refill the bottle with tap water.
1: Yeah, um, or with uh, the soil filter fits on top of them, which right. is very handy. Right. Um, yeah. The thing I do like about a single water stainless bottle, A, uh, the smart water bottles where you fill them up and then they freeze, they can break. Right. Uh, and B, I like to do like the Nalgene baby, you know, where you um, you boil some water, put it in that thing. And then oh, if yeah. you are cold, that comes into bed with you. Yeah. Uh, it's a very pleasant experience.
3: Yeah, no, that that makes sense to me. Um. I don't Good know. weapon
1: too. Full water. Full full steel water bottle. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. someone on the head with it. Yeah. They're not coming back from that. Even the guy with the folding AR, he's not getting up. You give him a couple with the water bottle. Yeah.
3: Well, and if we're going full crust punk, I also recommend a um, a lock attached to
1: a chain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, just a, if you have a bicycle, it's very that's, handy. True. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Areas uh, of our interest.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, a butane lighter, a, a bic lighter. Uh, mm-hmm. An emergency whistle. This is the most like. I was at a, a firearms training and we were talking about a bunch of stuff and people were like, "All right, and this is how you like signal the following, you know, like like range clear kind of stuff. Like use a whistle, mm-hmm. blah blah blah." And everyone's like, "I didn't bring a whistle." I'm like, <laughs> "I got three in my bag. Like, what what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, like amateurs. <laughs> yeah, if uh, they're light and cheap and useful, like the number yeah. of people who wouldn't have died in the woods because oh, if they, they had, had a whistle." Had a whistle. Yeah. Like more than anything else, because people think that the solution to our problems is fix it yourself. Usually the solution to problems is get help.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great, like you're going to use a lot less energy whistling than shouting. Yeah. Um, most if hiking backpacks will have yeah. a chest buckle that is also a whistle. And if they don't, you can probably change it. Yeah. And
3: that rules. Um, that's the kind of shit I like to say.
1: Yeah. It's um, well thought out. It's clever. It, yeah. We love it. And
3: when I when I lived on a land project, I made everyone put the hurricane whistles by their door, so that like mm-hmm. we didn't always have uh, good cell reception or whatever. And so that there's an emergency, we can. Everyone has a whistle loud enough to be heard by everyone else on the the large property. Oh yeah, you know, smart.
1: Yeah, it costs um, a lot less money than a ham radio, which is something I've been
3: right. And like I'm not anti having like you know oh, no. good walkie talkies can... and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're just like, no, I have a I have a hurricane whistle, or even I just have a regular whistle.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay, a folding Three, knife. you print them. What's that? You could 3D print them. Pretty good ones. Oh, that's cool. I could 3D print them and give them out now. That's cool. I, that's awesome. Um, I keep a folding knife in
3: in these mm-hmm. bags. I also usually just have one on me, but and you know, the least weapon looking knife you can get is gonna be a bang for your buck in terms of like being able to go with you lots of places. Obviously, this isn't going to your carry-on luggage. No. Um yeah. a rechargeable headlamp or flashlight. Mm-hmm. and then a basic first aid kit that's my you know there's all there's all kinds of other stuff if you're going to be hiking if you're and if i know i'm going to be like in a a lot of situations one of the first things i would add is a tarp and a sleeping bag that would be like yeah the next things to go in sleeping bags are pretty big um yeah
1: um i generally have that stuff like in a, in a general sense both for doing this and for generally enjoying outdoors stuff it really helps if you can have your shit organized in stuff sacks and labeled so that you know if, if you should you need to leave your house in an emergency right it's going to be more comfortable if you have a sleeping bag and an inflatable pillow yeah. and a top you can grab them in 10 seconds if you've got them labeled right um, and it's it, this will also help you like I like to camp the worst part about camping is packing so if I have all my stuff I can just be like okay I've got a sleep system i got a cooking system got yeah. some 24 hours of food I'm ready to rumble
3: yeah no it makes no, sense makes but you know what who else is ready to rumble oh uh, yeah yeah Reagan. They're, they're ready to fight at mm-hmm. all times uh, <laughs> yep here's an ad for fighting
1: We're back, and uh, we've now learned to fight, uh, thanks to uh, the adverts. Yeah, and, uh, for the yeah, so- Muay
3: Thai BJJ. Actually, that shit's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, shit,
1: that shit's cool. Uh, Krav Maga. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. The 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 Regan gold of martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, safe. so what do you... Okay, so I have other stuff mm-hmm. that I keep in my, ad, mm-hmm. my bag that yep. is, like, more fun, or I think incredibly useful, but not in the, like dead basics that I keep Um, but but what else do you keep do you have any like fun stuff or other stuff that I didn't mention
1: yeah a couple of other things I think Um, one of the things that I use the most this is my little bag that I have that if I have to go to air shelter or something it's very very small it's like I don't know uh, it's it's the size of a small paperback book is would go into a bigger bag but one of the things that I use I take on trips with me and I use it everywhere I go and this is like a quarter inch bit driver um, oh, nice! Yeah, and it spins. It spins yeah. on its just it's a tiny nice. screwdriver
3: with where you can change the bits.
1: Yeah, and then I have a set of bits. Yeah, uh, so like I use this bad boy all the time. Right, I use it when I get water in my podcasting equipment, which is a thing that I am wont to do. Uh, <laughs> and, okay, yeah, so you have to. Uh, this, this is my. This is my. Uh, this is my luddism. Right, I'm I'm breaking the frame of big podcast. Um, You keep a sledgehammer
3: specifically for breaking frames. mm -hmm. Yeah, weaving machine frames. If you run out, out,
1: yes, yeah. If if there's one thing I fucking hate, it's a weaving machine, Uh, and I I take them down whenever I can. Yeah, Uh, but this this guy is really useful, right? Like you know, you could be staying with, you could be there are a million things, right? The your bed in your hotel is is loose and you need to tighten it. You need to take apart your podcasting machine. Uh, There is. You know, there's something wrong with your phone. Whatever it is, like a screwdriver and a few little bits, super handy. Yeah, uh, you want to help your friend put together some IKEA furniture? Not a problem. Uh, so it's very, very small. It's you know the size of uh, it's probably the size of a cigarette, and then the set sort of bits is the size of another cigarette. Uh, very easy to carry around with you everywhere. Uh, I am an appreciator of sporks. Oh, that's and, on my. Uh, that
3: was on my follow-up list too. Oh, yeah.
1: excellent. Good. Yeah, I'm a person who thinks about sporks a lot. Uh, you guys can read my spork reviews at backpacker.com if you want to. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a joke. Uh, it's just a reflection on the sad person I am. Um, so yeah. a um, Okay. Are you a
3: long-handled spork or a regular spork?
1: See, the long handled spork is nice for when you're going into an MRE type meal. Yeah. How often are you going into an MRE type meal compared to like the pocketability of a normal spork? Right.
3: No, that makes sense to Mm me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The MRE spoon is the best bargain uh, eating device. It weighs six grams, which is less than a titanium spork. Okay. Uh, You can dip into hot water. It doesn't melt, Uh, it doesn't break like a a traditional plastic. Like it's not like a fast food plastic spoon. Uh, It's its best bang for your buck when it comes to spoons. Okay. When I um, nice shape. when I was a, when I was a more of a crust punk, yeah,
3: always on my waist belt was a titanium spork with a P thirty eight can opener keychain to it. Yes, because no matter yep. what, I could get into a can of Amy's chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's, the amount of people I've seen. Uh, I took camping a like, lot. Sometimes I'll go with my truck. Sometimes I will go by myself. You know, on my feet. Uh, the amount of humans I've seen with very expensive overlanding setups trying to open a can of food on a rock it, it it's it's yeah. a lot of humans <laughs> like yeah a can opener is a very handy thing
3: no and they and the p38 or p51s these are the tiny military ones they weigh yeah. nothing they're like 10 of them would fit on a credit card you know yeah <laughs> maybe, yeah yeah i have maybe one six in my truck
1: them, but yeah they're very small yeah and um, in terms of other things, mm-hmm. uh, I do like zip ties. Zip ties, very small, very handy. Yeah, you can al- always fix shit with zip ties. I'm just looking at this bag in front of me and thinking, what else I have that's uh, remarkable? I saved the day with zip
3: ties when when I was driving in the woods with my friend when the, um, some part of her exhaust system fell off of her van and, oh, uh, yeah. and was like dragging on the ground. And I didn't normally carry zip ties, but my dad had always been like zip ties. They're amazing. And I was like. Short ad, whatever. So I, I had some in my truck.
1: Yeah, very hand- Zip ties and duct tape. Certainly in your vehicle, you yeah. can fix most stuff that wants fixing uh, with, with zip ties and duct tape. Uh, I just like to wrap the handles of my stuff. Like I have a little Bic lighter here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wrap that in duct tape. And then I have the duct tape. Yeah. And I have the Bic lighter. Duct tape also is great. Tinder, you can start a fire with it. So Okay. Uh, really has many many uses. You could uh, use one lighter it, to
3: light the other lighter on fire.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could also take the tape off your lighter if you if you wanted to avoid oh. lighting your lighter. But All right. If you did light your lighter, you'll get a moment of excitement when it goes poof. Yeah. Uh, unless you're holding it, which case you'll get a moment of pain. Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> could be, yeah, be exciting. Yeah, uh, it could be exciting. Hopefully you're close to a hospital. Yeah. And, and yeah, I like to carry it like a little pre-made there's a um I like to I do like to vacuum seal stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that I enjoy. Uh, I recently got a vacuum sealer. I've been getting really into it. Um, so, like, I'll vacuum seal little packets of pills, little uh, band, little plasters, uh, band aids for American listeners. Yeah, uh, into little packs and give them to people or keep them places. It, it maybe helps them with aging a little bit. But having a having a bag like that, you could just open in an emergency. It's super handy. Um, the other thing that I like, and largely this is uh, just because I, I go to places and. I have these tiny little fishing chem They're okay. like they're designed for certain fishing floats. They're very good if you need to like see something. At and night so that's glow mark- sticks
3: for for the non-tactical crowd.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or silooms for the uh, British tactical crowd. Uh, okay. Um they're very handy if you need to mark something at night, right? Like. They're not going to be great for, like, I have flares in my car. If my car breaks down on a dark road, I don't want people to pile into the back of it. Mm -hmm. But for smaller things, you're going around a campsite and you want to be like, oh, like, you know, there's a a piece of rebar sticking out the ground here, right? You can crack one of those bad boys and it'll light it up. No, that makes sense. They're also also just a way to bamboozle young children. Uh, if, if If you're around kids at night and you can suddenly make light appear. Uh, Just make sure they don't eat them.
3: Okay, but see, this actually gets to something that you brought up earlier. Um, A lot of crisis situations, an awful lot of them you're not alone. And in an awful Mm -hmm. lot of them, things like being able to entertain kids and things like that is like, yeah, a genuine need, like a very useful thing. And so like I know people who keep, you know, like I mean usually people who have kids, but they keep a stuffed animal or something like that in their bag. Um,
1: Yeah, like I was So there were a lot of children in these camps Down the border And that's very fucked up Uh, But like I realized I didn't have any toys So I got loads of these tiny little stuffed animals Someone had donated Like they're about the size of a golf ball mm -hmm. Uh, And it gave each child an animal, right? So they could play with their little animals And the animals could be in community with each other Oh, that's amazing, yeah Yeah, they were so pumped And it wasn't just that the kids were like Yeah, I got a toy The parents were like Thank fuck Like, yeah they are so bored right or like i have a small finger puppet that i was using the other day to entertain them uh I, I don't know where i found it i found it in one of the vans we were using yeah it's like a seal uh and like something like that makes it all the difference when you have nothing to do with your kids um and i guess like along those lines when i am bored i have the kind lap on my phone i think it works with all the phones yeah obviously jeff bezos is a bell end, but like That's a. It's not a a slur. It's a British word. Yeah. Yes, it's a British word. We don't like Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it was the end of a dick, the tumescent part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh (laughs) For for those who weren't clear in the audience. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Jeff Bezos is a dick. But the Kindle app is nice. Uh, you can also have PDFs of books on your phone. But like, it's again like, I'm telling you from personal experience, when you're sitting in a giant warehouse with nothing to do for a few days. Somewhere I have a picture of building a fort with this little, uh, you know, she's like three or four, you know, and her folks had come. Uh, Her folks were refugees and we were just bored. So we built a fort out of Mylar blankets. But um, someone had an inflatable ball, which we just played with for hours because you're so bored. Yeah. So, yeah, just having like an app on your phone where you can read books it's probably going to be more useful to you than that short-barreled rifle that you have to pay a $200 tax damper that the feds come into your house for. Yeah.
3: Every, every Crest Punk I knew, we you always carry what you need, and then you carry something. And you almost mm-hmm. like set your personality around this. Like like I knew a guy who was not an ultralighter, and his name was Pogo Dave. And
1: <laughs> I had a fucking Pogo stick.
3: Yeah, of <laughs> old metal, like rusted... Uh. Pogo yeah. stick. And I almost broke my knee with that thing.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. I don't know if younger listeners will uh, be familiar with the pogo stick. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's like, uh, do you think the Zoomers in the audience I have will no idea. They're, pogo- uh, yeah. they're probably on Look the, it up, kids. Yeah. And, yeah.
3: and so having something, and it's funny too, because every like prepper manual is like, and a deck of cards. And this is like technically true, but I'll tell you what people actually play is hot dice. Having some, like, six-sided oh, yeah. dice to play this really annoying game called Hot Dice. Um, or, like, bring some D&D dice and just start playing, like, role-playing games with people. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, having the entertainment things. And then the other thing, I think it's really worth considering having a small musical instrument. Uh, I find mm-hmm. that, like, there's a reason that... Crust punks play music everywhere they go. Yeah. Are you about to pull I out a, a harmonica? Hell I have yeah. a
1: harmonica in a pistol magazine pouch that I take on the side of my bag when I go to places. Hell yeah. I, yeah, we took we So uh, when Robert and I did our Myanmar trip, I left my harmonica with the uh, the people who you're going to hear singing at the start of our show. They played their guitars and sung for us. Cool. I left them the harmonica and, and they play it now. Yes, a harmonica and then
3: the one thing that i have in my bug out bag that's a little bit extra but i swear by i have a nintendo switch um and a bunch of physical game cartridges for it because yeah. when 2020 hit i lived in a cabin in the middle of nowhere i was off grid i barely had any electricity i basically had to walk half a mile to my car and like charge things in my car for a while until i like got together enough money to get some solar panels and some batteries and stuff, right? Because I, I had not planned on having my cabin be suddenly where I lived. Um, well, like, full-time not going anywhere else lived. And the first thing I got was a little tiny, it's called a BitBoy, and it is a, like, tiny Game Boy that has every single Nintendo and Super 19. Nintendo and Sega Genesis game pirated onto it. Um, oh,
1: wow. And Immediately ordering that after the podcast.
3: <laughs> and it costs like 40 bucks. I don't know how much they cost now, but they're not expensive because they're little weird 3D printed pirated things. And yeah. they like use almost no electricity. And so it uses way less electricity than a cell phone. And that saved my sanity. And then when I finally got my shit together enough to get a Nintendo Switch and I could play Skyrim, <laughs> like... And it's not that I like had nothing to do. People are like, oh, you don't need to entertain yourself in crisis because you're busy. It's like, look, you can probably only physically work on building your house to get it ready for the apocalypse you think you're living in for maybe 14 hours a day, you know, maybe yeah. 10 to 14 hours.
1: Yeah. And if you don't <laughs> do manual labor right now, then it might be a lot less. Yeah.
3: That. Like. You have downtime, not. Always in every situation, but like injured, need to sit around and do something, or you'll, you know, like, like entertainment is like actually really useful.
2: Yes, um and then yeah, yeah.
3: if you if you bring a paperback, and I recommend it, uh bring one that you've already read because you know you like it. I like normally don't reread books all that much, but when I need mm-hmm. to turn my brain off, uh, a book you've already read for a lot of people is going to do better Um, and if you haven't so you should get a jump start on this by reading eh, eh, my book Escape from Insel Island
1: oh (laughs) magnificent all right thanks yeah yeah it's also you can do the uh, tabletop role-playing game that we did uh, yeah yeah there's an Escape from from Insel
3: Island tabletop role-playing game that's coming out next year Mm -hmm. well there's a little zine version of it that I think you can download now but it's going to be slightly better
1: Um, yeah yeah keep that in your in your bucket bag the other thing I was going to plug that I forgot about was uh, download the Google Maps onto your phone yeah, uh, or the, whatever brand apps you want, yeah. uh, maps you want, uh, and have a watch uh, that 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 doesn't need a battery. I think that's super handy. Um, you can use the watch to tell the direction of south, uh, which will obviously give you other compass directions if if you really need to. But you can tell the time. Uh, you would again be surprised how like people might imagine that after X happens, they won't need to tell the time because it won't matter. You probably will need to tell the time in most of your crises. Um you know, even to know if something has happened or it's not happened, right? And so being able to do that, it's very handy and, and having a watch that powers itself is a way to do that.
3: No, it makes sense. I use one that mm. doesn't uh, power itself, but it like lasts three weeks or so on a yeah, charge yeah. and like uh, vaguely charges itself from the sun, but not very efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. There's also, and I know there's like, now we're getting into the weeds. Okay, here's the other pitch. It's yep. fun. when Besides doing the basics, you can nerd out about it, and you can do it cheaply because nerding out about it is free. You can find your other friends that want to mm-hmm. talk about this bullshit and talk about with this bullshit. You don't have to go out and buy fancy, crazy shit. Um, sometimes you want the fancy, crazy shit, but most of the stuff we're talking about is super cheap, um, and then you can have the joy of talking about this shit and getting into the weeds with it. And, but there's, a, uh, there's an app, I think it's called kiwix and it lets you download Wikipedia. And read oh, it cool. on your phone, offline.
1: Yeah, that would be good. My other I've just remembered one more thing that mm-hmm. Margaret and I talked about off mic a while ago, uh, because this is the kind of people we are. Yeah. Uh, it's it's called Bank Line. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah, so the tactical crowd are very into paracord, uh, because it's a little bit stronger, and you can pick out the inside lines and stuff. It's also very shiny and can be annoying to not sometimes. Um, if you get some bank line, and you need to construct a shelter, which is relatively unlikely, you can if you need to repair your clothes and you have a needle you can pick it apart and use it for that but if you're bored like every everyone should know a few knots uh you know mm-hmm. if if you know how to do like a i guess a figure eight knot if you know how to do a trucker's hitch a bowling knot um and you're probably pretty good if you could do those honestly like you can do a lot of stuff with just those uh a prusik maybe another friction hitch you can practice those when you're bored. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. It may not be as fun for you as it is for me because I'm that kind of person. Uh, <laughs> but if if you like to to learn stuff, and then you can share that with someone else, right? It's it's fun to teach people. And then they yeah. can teach you a couple. I have taught and learned not from people from half a dozen nationalities in the last month. And, and it's fun. And it's cool to share. It's also like when you're in a shit situation, being like, huh. Having a moment where you're not thinking about the shit situation instead of thinking about, that's cool, I learned that knot. Yeah. Uh, it's very nice, actually. And so, yeah, like a, a Brazilian rodeo guy taught me a couple of knots. That's uh, cool. The other day. Yeah, it was sweet. We were helping, we had um, dumpster dive some tents that Susan G. Komen was throwing away. And so we were helping put those up. And we, did, in one case, we had the fly sheet, but not the tent. So we were trying to work out how to make them to a tarp. We did some different knots, it was fun. Uh, and bank line is cheaper than paracord. Probably don't need the paracord with a fishing line inside in ninety-nine percent of circumstances. Uh, so get some bank line, number thirty-six bank line.
3: Okay, and then the other the the, the crust punk challenge is you just start fixing your clothes with dental floss.
1: Oh yeah, dental floss is great for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a sail needle and dental floss, yeah. and you'll smell minty fresh.
3: Uh, let, yeah. And when I make my emergency kits, I take little um. They're sort of sewing needle vials. I like them better than the little Mm -hmm. slidey kits where everything gets lost all the time. Yeah. And uh, I just get these little tiny vials. They're clear so everyone knows what's in it. And I put safety pins, regular sewing needles, and leather sewing needles into them. And then when you're sewing with leather, the other thing that I recommend people carry... it. Okay, like in 2003, if you are a crust punk, the things you need to have on you are, at all times, you need a folding knife, you need a headlamp, you need a um, multi-tool with pliers, and you need a sleeping bag, mm-hmm. and like, and a spork, and a can opener. Yeah, and that's kind of it in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, don't combine those things. Don't be the person with the spork multi-tool because no. you'll get beans in your knife and it fucking.
3: Well, actually, that's called yeah. a hobo tool. <laughs> there actually are multi-tools yes. that are,
1: <laughs> but. Oh, sorry, a spork. But then you no dip no no. It no it's, a spoon and a,
3: it's a spoon and a it's a spoon on one side and a fork on oh, the other. Oh yeah, yeah 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 Those suck. Don't anything that f- yeah folds, anything that folds, you should keep it away from food. Uh, yes, you, yeah, your yeah. folding knife is gonna get mm-hmm. so gross. I mean, you'll do it anyway. But
1: mm-hmm.
3: I think we're kind of probably at time.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I can keep going. I was gonna have to get tweezers, but okay <laughs> yeah. Look, this is enough stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you, you want to hear stuff, more of this kind of content, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Margaret has a whole other podcast
3: Oh, I was going to say just trick them into having me on to talk about this stuff more, but yeah
1: Oh yeah, 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 we'll, yeah. we'll have you back we'll, we'll do a whole other one cool. uh, But Margaret also has a whole other podcast which you should listen to, what's it called and where can people find it, Margaret? Well,
3: okay, so the prepper one is called Live Like the World is Dying Your po- your your podcast for What Feels Like the End Times It comes out every Friday And uh, I also have a cool zone media podcast called Cool People Did Cool Stuff where I talk about history and about people who did cool stuff. And James has been on both of these podcasts, so if you want to hear us continue to banter about things, there's so many more avail- options available to you.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe download them for uh, those terrible times when you when you just need the calming uh, voice of and Margaret talking about bags. <laughs> That's right.
3: Well, just do a like, <laughs> just a like, it's okay. You're going to get through this. Yeah, I know that things seem bad right now, and they are bad. But it's okay. <laughs> we'll just do a yeah, whole, an good. hour
1: of that. Yeah, yeah we'll do <laughs> an hour of that. I'm proud of you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We will be your, your anarchist affirmations, yeah. people. Uh, but that's another podcast. This All has right. been It Could Happen Here. Thank you, Margaret. Yep. That was wonderful. All right, Bye. <laughs>
2: It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. Right rug flooring.